You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. We are in training. That was really pitiful. We are in training. And I'm going to do a quick review because review helps us. Review also, uh, for those of you that are not quite up to speed with where we are today, this will kind of get you in the game. Uh, this just kind of reinforces what we already know and reminds us. So we'll just go over a couple things real quick here this morning. There are a lot of things that we've been trying to do. Correct? That we're better off to be training in. And key part of training is consistency. Excellent. Now, this does not mean that we stop trying. Uh, I saw Bear Grylls. How many of you know who Bear Grylls is? Man versus Wild. Do any of y'all have a TV? Bear Grylls is the man. And he was a British special ops guy. And now he's the survivalist. And they drop him down out of a helicopter in all different places. And... He eats stuff that you didn't even know you could eat, you know, and, and he knows how to build things and do stuff. And he always, you know, he comes out. Okay. But he posted this this week that the difference between try and triumph is varying degrees of umph. (laughs) Would you agree? And so I'm not saying take away the try, let's add some umph to it, but we apply that to our training. Training has to have a focus. You get, well, what do we do to train? And we have called these spiritual disciplines. Don't let the word spiritual or the word discipline throw you off. They're practices that we do to help us to train in godliness. And I like the metaphor. I like the analogy of training because we can kind of relate to that. Whether or not you're doing it, you can relate to it. And in our culture, you know enough about it. As we consistently are involved in these spiritual disciplines, something happens in us. And we call it high school football. It will affect us where we will be more happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. Not the goal, but it is the byproduct. And I believe that that should be seen in our life. Now, if you only have a trying mindset and you're trying to be happy, trying to be stable, good for you. But that really will not work it all the way through. You're going to have to apply these things and it produces these in our life. And I believe... That Christians, followers of Jesus, should be happy, should be stable, should be fruitful, should be blessed. I got to tell you what, I'm just fed up and weary with people that say they're following Jesus and there's no, no trace of these things in their life. And they're angry and negative and critical and sad and depressed and and judgmental and everything else. And then they say, I'm a believer. Who wants to be in that family? Come on, who wants to be in that family? I don't. You know, when people see that and that's a Christian, they don't want to be in that. I remember early in my life, um, our family, some bad stuff happened, an ugly divorce, all kinds of other garbage that went with it. And then the fallout from that. And I remember I'd go spend the night with some of my friends and I totally wanted to be in their family. Y'all with me? Plus they had air conditioning. You know, but there should be something about being a Christian, being in the family of God that is attractive, that it is desirable. 
Okay. Remember what I was talking about here? Okay. Okay. I'll keep going. But this is not the goal, but this is the byproduct. And if we're trying, that's that pass-fail mentality. Well, you didn't do it, but I tried. Well, how am I going to be able to do it? Try harder. But that doesn't get it. We've already proven that. This has to do with progress. And as we're making this progress, this will be going on in our life. We'll be increasing in that to bring us to the goal, which is to... To be a blessing, to be a blessing, which fulfills the ultimate goal that we would, that we would glorify God. That we glorify God. Can you get an amen out of anybody? Okay, uh, real quick too, it has nothing to do with the message and it's just for information and also just for fun. Okay. But tomorrow, everybody say tomorrow, tomorrow, September 19th. And it just so happens to be international talk like a pirate day. So could I get a good, okay. And it has nothing to do with the message, but I may later, I don't know, maybe instead of an amen, I'll ask for an shiver me timbers or something. So, okay, lovers, let's go here. Um, we're going to, this morning, not necessarily going to talk about a particular discipline. We've got maybe two more that we're going to get into in the weeks to come. Uh, but there comes a point in your training that you kind of have to come back. Why are we doing this? And we're going to take this to another level and kind of explore some things so that you stay very motivated in this. And so I'm going to go ahead and tell you just the bottom line for today. And that is this, that you, we must be in training. I want to emphasize to you this morning, the absolute vital importance of us being in training that we're training in godliness uh, very important. Paul told Timothy, the apostle Paul told Timothy, he said that you're to give your full attention to some certain things, which actually ties in with spiritual disciplines so that get this, so that your spiritual progress would be evident to everyone. We're to be making progress church. I said, we are to be making progress. You, you should be further along than you were previously. We should be growing in all of these things. Uh, very important. And so I want to emphasize to you a number of things this morning to just encourage you and kind of get us to re-up in the whole idea of being in training. Now, you don't need to train. You really don't. You don't need to train if you live in Perfectville. And none of us live in Perfectville. You also don't need to train if you're not interested in any of these things. Uh, but I just want to drive it home today that, and emphasize the absolute vital importance that we must be in training. Let me give you a couple of dangers, first of all, to be aware of. Because we're coming every week and we're teaching on these things. We're going in depth in this. We're not giving you the you should, but we're giving you the how to. And, uh, and the benefits of that, the impact of that. And one of the dangers of that is this, and I want you to hear this principle. Don't make the lethal mistake of thinking that just because you know something that you are doing it. Let me go over that again. Don't make the lethal mistake, deadly lethal mistake of thinking that just because you know something that you are doing it. James in the book of James says that and gives us a word of caution that we're not just a hearer only and not a doer. Because if you're a hearer only and not a doer, what does it say? Does anybody know? We deceive ourselves. 
We deceive ourselves. Ultimately, we know that the devil is the deceiver. Correct? He's the deceiver. This verse says that we would deceive ourselves. How would we deceive ourselves? By lulling ourselves into this. Well, I heard it and I know it. That's good enough. No, that's not good enough. You know, we actually have to do it for it to have impact in our life. Otherwise, we make the lethal mistake of thinking. And it's easy to do because we know it and then we think that we're doing it. And so that's the first danger. Second danger is this. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. New Year's is coming. Or my birthday's or Tuesday. Tuesday, I'll start on. No, don't put this off. Don't put this off. Uh, This Wednesday night and the following Wednesday night in our real life series, I'm going to be teaching on procrastination. I was going to put that off a little while, but... uh, No, procrastination. How many of you wish there was a, like a cream for procrastination? Just rub that on and you should be Um, actually incredible things concerning this. And there, there's some roots to it that we we're, we're going to look at so that you can get free from that. Because you know what? If you haven't done it, you haven't done it. And we procrastinate and we have a lot of excuses and a lot of reasons why, but regarding being in training, these spiritual disciplines, Don't put it off. Let me illustrate for you. This week, and maybe you, well, let me back up a little bit. A couple months ago, uh, in some teaching, and the Lord had been dealing with me about something, and I said it to you in conjunction with what I was teaching. And it was that the Lord wanted me to be a better neighbor to my neighbors. And uh, the scripture says, you dwell by your neighbor for safety. And I just thought, you know what? I need to be a better neighbor. I need to go over and say, uh, who are you? I'm so-and-so, I'm glad you're here. I'm just a couple doors down. If you ever need anything, let me know. And if I ever need anything, can I let you know? And, and you know, and just, you know, we were friendly and we wave and things like that. But, you know, there were neighbors that if they weren't right next to me, I just didn't get to them. And this week, maybe you saw it in the, the news even. One of my neighbors, just two doors down from me, he and his son, as they've done many years, went hiking and they were out in Washington and he fell in Mount Rainier and died. And, you know, a horrible situation. And this is a neighbor that I waved at a whole bunch. And I never stopped. I never went over. I never, I never stopped by and say, Hey, we're here. And how are you? And never did. And I'm, I'm just like, guess what I'm doing this week? You know, I was pleased to find relieved to find that he dearly loved God and a precious believer. And I noticed this piece about him. He was always walking the neighborhood and just a gentle, precious man. And, um, I was relieved at that, that, you know, I didn't miss that opportunity, but I put it off. Why did I put it off? I don't know. I'm busy. I'm selfish doing something important or, or whatever. Don't put it off. And there's so many things in your life. And I think the Lord would speak to some of you right now, in particular, some things you've been putting off. Don't put them off. Don't put them off. And we'll be talking more about those on Wednesdays, but that's one of the dangers also of this whole concept of training that we put it off. And then the third thing would be that you would do it for the wrong reason. That would be a danger that you'd somehow do this for the wrong reason. 
How many of you have ever had a membership at a gym, you know, to go work out or whatever? I didn't say you used it to its, to its, uh, you got your money's worth, but, but, um, how many of you know that, or probably suspect that some people go to the gym maybe for the, not the right reasons? Huh? Some people go there to be seen. Others go to see. Come on. And then others too, and I want you to relate this to training. Uh, maybe we're doing some things to be seen or to just see or whatever. But uh, I can remember a couple of times going to gyms that I have memberships at. And um, you'd see some guy over in the corner. He's just got these massive guns, you know, he's doing these curls and things. And then he steps out from behind the bench and stuff. He's got these little pencil legs. Because all he wanted was these. So people could see those. Gun show over here, you know. Uh, What was that about? The wrong reasons. Really the wrong reasons. And you know what? Sometimes... We engage in some of the, and make sure that we don't do this, that we're not doing these spiritual disciplines for the wrong reason, maybe to be seen or to soothe some part of our religious conscience. And that would be the wrong reasons. So we must be in training. Okay. I'm not getting an amen. Could I get an R out of you? Okay, okay. Go. And those of you watching by internet and you're very religious. Sorry, or <laughs> shiver me timbers. So, uh. all right, let's go over a couple things real quick. And we're headed toward communion this morning. And communion is a covenant meal. Communion is a time of commitment to God. Communion is a wonderful communing with God. And we're going to have a special time in that this morning. But as we look at this important uh Thing that we need to be involved in in training. I want to go over a couple of reasons why we must be in training. First of all, because in life you're going to need to exert. You're going to have things happen in life that you're going to have to exert. You're going to have to put out, give out some energy, some strength, some effort, some ability. How many of you know that life, all of a sudden, there it is, and you're going to have to exert? Uh, We saw on the news this week, um, a car and a motorcycle collided. Many of you maybe saw it. Motorcycles on fire. The motorcycle rider is unconscious and underneath the car. And some people came over and they did what? They exerted. They exerted. They gave what they had. They had strength. One gentleman was there by himself first and he had said in an interview and they showed on the video he tried to move the car himself and he thought well if i can't lift it maybe i can slide it and what was he doing he was exerting something moved him to do that and you're going to have things that are going to come up in your life that you're going to have to exert we do not live in perfectville you're going to have some challenges you're going to have some different things you know if i'm out riding my bicycle there's some roads near me and places on roads i have to exert we're not able to coast all the time how many of you wish we could coast all the time you know uh but we're going to have to exert but this is the thing you can only exert for so long then you have to do this you have to endure 
you have to endure. So you can only exert so long, but you have to be in training so that you have something to exert. Church, get with me. This is for you. So you're going to have to, and by training, by applying these spiritual disciplines in your life, and I'll, I'll kind of sum them up here in a little bit, you're going to have something to be able to exert. So that you don't just have to cave in and wither and fall over because of what's coming against you. You're able to exert yourself back against it. But you can only exert so long and then you have to endure. And here's the truth about endurance. Endurance is impossible without training. If you've not been training, you're not going to have endurance. You know, I could say right now, hey guys, right after church, we're going to go play basketball over in the gym and we're going to run full court. And if you haven't played basketball in 10 years, we're picking teams out of guys that haven't played in 10 years. Well, guess what we're going to be missing? Endurance. I mean, once or twice up that full court and you're going to be like, right? Why? Because we haven't been training, but others who have been in training, so to speak, they're going to run circles around us. Now I've been a uh, uh, week before last, I was out of town for a conference. Uh, this past week I was in residence at school for my master's program. And so I've been out and I have a trainer that I go to a couple times a week and I've missed for two weeks. I'm back in this week. And when you haven't been training your endurance diminishes so when i go in this week i'm going to see if we can just talk about nutrition or something instead of (laughs) something that's beneficial right but see if we don't have endurance how do we get endurance we get endurance through training and in hebrews chapter 10 verse 36 it says patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue everybody say continue That you'll continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. The word endurance there means constancy. Constancy. It's to remain the same. It's to keep it together under extended pressure. When you have endurance, you can keep it together under extended pressure. We have storms in life and we wish the storms would just stop, don't we? We just want that to stop. But guess what? They They don't always just stop. They eventually will. But what you're going to need a lot of times is just to be able to hold on and keep it together under that extended pressure. And that is called endurance. And God will help us with that. In James 1.12, it says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. The word temptation there means to be assailed or to be tested or tried. It has to do with adversity and resistance. So it's not just like temptation with sin. So blessed is the man who endures, not escapes, but endures. That you stay in there a while and God will help you to do that. But training sets you up in a great way so that you not only can exert against what happens in life, but you can also endure through what happens in life life. Could I get a good amen? Amen. Secondly, we have to be in training for others, for others. And I'll write this out a little different, differently here in a moment. Your training benefits someone else. Your training is going to benefit. Of course, it's going to benefit you, but we're blessed so that we can So it can be a blessing. So the whole purpose of it is not just for you. It's to fix you up so that you can actually be a blessing to somebody. 
Let's say you're at the mall and God forbid, God forbid that something goes down and there's something, you know, a bad guy and he's up to something. Well, then in that instance, who I want near me is maybe a off duty police officer. Why? Because he's had, he's had training as opposed to some couch potato. Who's just there for the food court. Why? Cause no training. So his training is going to benefit other people. Or let's say you're at the beach and you're out in the water and, uh, you know, maybe a rip tide or something starts to pull you. Guess who you want to see at that moment? Lifeguard. Why? Training. And they're, you know, they're fit. They've got endurance. They've been training. They can help. I would rather have the lifeguard than some, you know, chubby guy with a spray tan and a speedo. That's a good place for our right there. Yeah. Okay. So training helps other people as well. Mike, I'm getting some kind of something coming through the monitors here. Impact. Impact. Okay. But we train to be a blessing to others for the sake of others. Training makes a difference for you, but training also makes a difference for the people around you. So here's what needs to happen. We need to be able to model these attributes so that we can also mentor others in these. Now, you have to model these things. Everybody say model. You can talk about them all you want, but if you don't model them, you'll never... Let me put it this way. If you don't model, you can never mentor. And one of the goals in life is to be able to mentor other people. You have people that mentor you, people that pour into your life. You have people around you that you, you walk through life together and you have people that you can pour into as well. So it's important that we understand I'm in training so I can help somebody else. We've talked about this previously, but let's talk about generations for a moment. One generation believes something. Follow me carefully. One generation believes something. The next generation, if nothing changes... The next generation will just assume that and accept that. But if we looked at it with heat, this one's hot about it. You know, there's, we believe this. The next generation, if it's not handled right, they just kind of assume it and accept it. And then all things being equal, then that next generation will never hear about it or will deny it or will ignore it. And to me, that comes back to the first generation of something that I'm going to call credibility. Everybody say credibility. That's the issue. Credibility. Why would something not transfer from one generation to the next? I think because of credibility. And that has to do with modeling. That has to do with mentoring. Let me explain it this way. Here's kind of how we'll arrive at the credibility for this. Let's say somebody believes something. Well, the first thing that's against that is another person is going to wonder, do they really believe what they say they believe? Now we're called believers. And so people that observe us, first of all, want to know, do you really believe what you say you believe? Okay, and let's say that that's all settled and the observer now decides, no doubt they believe what they say they believe. But I wonder, do they live what they believe? Let's take it. (laughs) Easy lubber. Okay, so 
let's say it's settled for them. I have no doubt that they believe what they say they believe. And I also have no doubt that they live what they believe. But listen to me. We still not arrived at credibility. So the next question of the observer observer will be this. They believe it and they live it. Here's the bottom line question. But what difference does it make? Is it making any difference? Does it really matter? Does it make anything change? Does it help? That's the credibility issue. So what we have to do, and thank God you need to know this, that God's word works. That this will make a difference in our life. This is not some kind of ancient belief that we hold to and even live to. Listen, there are people all over the place that believe things and actually live out what they believe, but they don't matter. There's people living wives' tales and doing all and taking weird supplements. And, and I'm not against supplements, but, you know, taking squirrel ear ground with this and that, you know, or I made that one up. I think. And they believe and they live, but it doesn't make any difference. It's not changing anything. So for credibility to be there, we must believe the right things. And we must believe truly what we say we believe. We must live what we believe. And when we are believing the right things, the things of God, then it will make a difference in our life. It impacts our life. Things change. We're able to make it through situations. We're able to impact and influence and do, and do different things as a result of that. Are you following me? And that all has to do with we're training also for others. Because you know what? You can believe it all you want and live it all you want. But it's got, you, you have to, in fact, live it. So that the impact of that, that it does make a difference, will be seen in the lives of other people. And the third one I'm not going to write out here for us this morning. But we must be in training because... We do not live in a spiritually neutral world. Our world is not spiritually neutral. Understand that. There are things that are opposed to what we believe and the way we live. We, and some people say it's all those other religions. Look, look at me. Listen, I I don't think other religions are really the big concern. What I think is the major issue is the secular, anti-Christian, anti-Christ spirit of the world. We're in such a politically correct world today that media and politicians and entertainers and everybody else are just... I want to ask them, why are you so afraid of anybody saying Jesus? What is it about the name of Jesus that you're so afraid of? And they don't even know. Why is the cross so offensive? It's because of the power of it. It's because of that secular, anti-Christian, anti-Christ spirit that is at work in the world today. We do not live in a spiritually neutral world. And you need to know that. And you need to get your boots on and the armor on and be in training. Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we are in battle. We are at war. We are in a skirmish. This is all out. And you have to train. You know, uh, a couple months back when our special forces took out a very evil man on the other side of the world. Okay. <laughs> when that happened, 
Those guys, I've watched a couple documentaries, they trained. They didn't even know who they were going after yet, but they, they had done their work to know what that building looked like, everything about it. They ran through every kind of, every contingency they worked through it. They trained, they trained, they trained, they trained. What if this happens? What if that happens? They trained, they trained, so they went in. It should be no surprise that they came out with what they went in there to do. You can't just say, hey, we got a couple guys who are mad. Couple guys who are motivated. Big whoop. Let's get some guys that are trained. And in this life, you and I had better be trained. Now listen, I don't want you to be afraid though. I don't want you to be afraid. We have an enemy, but we also have victory. Greater is he that is in us than he who is, let me rephrase, who is after us. Greater is he. Let me read you some verses here from Ephesians. We're almost done. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 13, the new living. It says a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able. Will you be able? So that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, because of all of that, because of all of that, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able. Will we be able? So you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. But if you don't know that we're in a battle, if you just somehow lull yourself into your isolated little Christian world and think this whole place is just spiritually neutral, it's just me and Jesus. It's not. You've got an enemy who hates your guts, wants to play upon your ignorance, wants to play upon your inconsistencies. And you need to be sharp. You need to be trained. You need to be fully armed. Educated, ready to go, not afraid, because God said, Be strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. It's the armor of God. And if you will do that, you will be able to resist in the evil day. And when it's all said and done, you will still be standing firm, but it does not come without training. So, all that said together, The spiritual disciplines that we must apply is not just sweet little, I do a morning devotion and I pray a little prayer. I have vespers. Vespers. Hey, a pirate would never say vesper. I just want to listen. No, we're not talking about namby pamby little stuff. What we're talking about is your time in God's word makes it a sword for you. And then you don't pay passive little uh, pale prayers. But did you know how to pray strong prayers? Prayers that drive fevers and fear and depression and things away. That you're equipped... That you're equipped and you have a relationship with God. That you live in the power of the Holy Spirit. That you know the authority that you have in Jesus' name. Let me just tell you, the enemy is so subtle. I would suspect, 
And I'm talking about my own experience here. About four days a week at least. I wake up in the morning and I'm disciplined about this. I'm up, I'm early, I'm ready. And nothing's going to stop me from doing that. But I'll tell you what, I almost have this little sense of a heaviness. And I've learned though. I grin back at it. And if you don't know better, if you're not trained, you'll think, I'm just kind of sad today. Don't know if I'm going to be able to finish my Vespers. No, you know the authority of Jesus' name. And you know you've got an enemy that if he can dull you down and dumb you down and depress you. and You'll stay there and you won't be much help for anybody. And you won't be able to get much done for yourself. And you've got to learn to say in the mighty name of Jesus, whatever this foul, heavy thing, you leave me now. Amen. Amen. And through training, you're, over, you're able to overcome the flesh. Well, I really wanted to do it. Yeah, that's my flesh and I'll overcome it. You're under no obligation to the flesh to fulfill, fulfill any of its desires. That you'd know how to keep faith pressure on and the switch of faith turned on. That you'd have some discernment. That God would give you some discernment through training. So you don't get duped all the time. So that you could serve with humility. So that you can maintain healthy and life-giving relationships. So that you're not one that's so easily offended and gets your feelings hurt all the time. Great peace have they which love your law. Nothing causes them to stumble or offends them. And then among other things also that you're just able to live life open-handed. And you're going to be happy. And stable. And fruitful. And blessed. Listen to me and here's your bottom line. We must be in training. We must be in training. And we're going to continue on the next few weeks, giving you some more, not just you should, but how to's. And then I want you to take these things and folks, listen, it's for you. And it's for every person that you're connected to. They're counting. Somebody's counting on you. Did you realize that somebody's counting on you? And more than that, you're and equal with that. You're also to be accomplishing things and growing in the things of God. So we can be a blessing and bring glory to God. We must be in training. Did you get anything at all out of this this morning? All right, good deal.